Well, I am impressed with you. Really? I didn't think, listen, well, I didn't think, I kind of figured that you, Pete, were just some schmo on the internet who does a movie podcast. I didn't think that you had any, like, Hollywood pull. But having said that, I can't think that it's a coincidence that that we got the episode of Rings of Power that we got Mm. only several days after you said, you know, I really don't give a shit about the Hobbit (laughs) storyline. Because there is... There, there is no, this, this is the first episode where there is no furthering of that plot at all. We don't visit that at all. Mm. So Hollywood is listening. Hmm. Pete doesn't give a shit about the hobbits. And, uh, and yeah, congratulations. I, I'm generally kind of flattered, but also confused. And it's, it's a weird emotion, uh, co- cocktail of emotions. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, like, is my phone spying on me <laughs> oh, type of thing. that's the worst. I yeah. actually had... And, and, yeah. Well, I should say... Well, just kudos on them for at the last second going in and, and, and cutting all those scenes out, right? Like, obviously, originally the episode had Hobbits in it. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, shit. Like... We've, oh, we've made a mistake here. Oh, that's what you mean. I, sorry, I genuinely was confused. I'm yeah, what did you think page. I meant? I had no idea. I was like a little confused before. Yeah. Before last we go, week, you were like, "I don't care about. I don't care about this, these Harfoots. Like, yes. I just don't care." Yeah, and I'm like, oh, "Okay." And then the episode comes out. This week's mm-hmm. episode comes out. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" There's no at no point <laughs> do we go and and interact with the the hobbits at all. So, welcome to you the movie, sir. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. I am Peter. That is Brady. Thank you for joining episode four of our review of Rings of Power as they are released. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I watched this episode and throughout I thought, hmm, wonder when the Hobbits are showing up and progressively thought, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, and it didn't happen. And I wasn't heartbroken hmm. about it. I wasn't. No, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Mazel Tov. I'm, I'm super happy for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I'm in love with that storyline either, um, but I do like. I need to know about the who the hell is this the the you know meteor man, mm-hmm. uh, and so not getting any nuggets of of what's going on there for the entire episode, it stung a little. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shall we jump into this, I sir? I think so. I think so. All right. All right. Um, so I've only got a couple of notes. Um, that's all right. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, you want to, um, I really enjoyed the opening. So I was super confused during the opening sequence, um, mm. because we get this dream sequence of right. the destruction of Numenor, um, yes. much in, the same way that Numenor will come to be destructed. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what is going to happen to Numenor. Mm-hmm. But timeline-wise, it happening right now didn't make any sense. And so 
I was relieved to see that it was a dream sequence. But what a beautiful, like, again, talking about how they they have spared no expense from a CGI, special effects, visuals standpoint. It is like mass destruction. And if that is just a glimpse at what we're going to see when they do show us the destruction of Numenor, I am very excited for that. Do you think we'll actually see it? I just wonder from a cinematic perspective if it's something that's better, more interesting to show tidbits or in glimpses versus like a, when we get to the timeline, you know, here's a whole episode of like just 30 minutes of an island getting blown up. Oh, no, we have to. Okay. No, we have to see it um, because, um, yeah, we, we have to, okay. uh, especially if the show is going to span five seasons. Um, right. And, yeah. and one of the re- one of the reasons being is that it's the destruction of Numenor that effectively leads to um, people like Ellen Deal and and Isildur making the final migration over to to Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, and so without that happening, the, yeah. So if, if this show is going to reach the point where, the, you know, all the rings are forged and we have the, the hopefully the war of the last alliance, um, then yeah, at that point, Numenor is already gone. Hmm. Something I'm curious about, and I, again, I'm not as well versed on Tolkien extended universe as you are. So I would have brought this up in two towers if I, uh, I had this kind of come full circle at that time, which I didn't. But if friend of the show Marshall is listening, and I'm not sure if he will listen to this, just because I'm not sure how he stands on this new series of uh, is he boycotting the show? Uh, I don't know if I would say boycotting. I think at least I would say cautiously optimistic. I'm not sure if it's an issue of like um, not like if he doesn't have Amazon Prime and he's going to wait till it's all out and then get a subscription and watch it all like i'm not sure what i haven't had a discussion with him so i'm not sure where he stands on that but yeah i i actively avoid discussions with him so i also I, have not I, <laughs> I don't i don't i i i seek oh them. okay I, yeah yeah me neither <laughs> um but in two towers the film there's a piece of dialogue that aowen recites and from my knowledge, it's actually not even her that says it in the book. It's uh, it's Faramir, and I believe it's based on a dream, and it makes more sense coming from Faramir. But it's a in the film, anyway, it's this dialogue of Eowyn saying, you know, she wakes up in the night, and Aragorn says, what's wrong, what's wrong? And Eowyn says, you know, I dreamed I saw a great wave climbing over green lands and above the hills. I stood upon the brink, and it was utterly dark in the abyss before my feet. A light shone behind me, but I could not turn. I could only stand there waiting. Is that dream sequence, whether in the book or the film, is that supposed to be a vision of Numenor's demise? That's interesting, and I can neither confirm nor deny. So the direct descendants of Numenor are the Gondorians, Um Mm-hmm. And more which would specifically, make sense, so like, which would make sense if Faramir's having this vision, you know, at least just for continuity. Yes. Yeah, so what kind of happens is like <clears throat> um, Numenor is destroyed, um, Isildur and and Elendil and several others make the make the the migration. Um, uh, Isildur founds Gondor, Elendil founds a kingdom up north, sort of where the Shire would be nowadays. 
um, or in the third age anyways, um, is Sildor actually builds the city of, oh, geez. um, The name changes. It's when he, when he founds the city, it's Minas Idras. I could be completely butchering that. Um, But it eventually gets, taken over and captured by the witch king corrupted and becomes Minas Morgul. Um, and so that's, so, but anyways, so they, they found that area. Now, Eowyn is from Rohan. Um, and I, I have to think that there's some, there's probably some descendants. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have enough knowledge on the history of Rohan and I I will look mm. into that this week so that I can come back with a little bit more information next week. Cool. Um cool. so I don't know. I don't know if the the Rohinian are um also descendants of Numenor like I don't know if they are Gondorians that are like, you know, that's all cool but we really like horses. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I I just don't know, um, and, but it's quite possible. It also I mean, be, she's and like 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 my understanding potentially, if I'm remembering correctly, if that was Fairmere's dialogue, it could have just been a creative choice of the film team saying we like this this dialogue, this sequence, but Fairmere's not here for another film, so we'll give it to Aon, and it makes sense. You know, like it could be one of those decisions too. Right. I mean, if it was Fairmere, then that makes, like, Mm -hmm. that's, that makes a little more sense that it could be Numenor. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not that Fairmere, like, he's, him, Fairmere and Bormir Mm. and um, their father, Denethir, Mm. um, they're not descendants of Elendil. They are, they would be from, they're, they're of the people from Numenor, certainly. Um, but that's, that's sort of the whole, that's why Denethir was not actually the rightful, like he's not a king. He's a steward. He's a steward. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and yeah, so, so Faemir and Boromir and Denethir, their, their reign over, um, Gondor is simply because, there was, you know, the, the the final king in the line of people who we could track down, who we knew where they were, because at this point, Aragorn Elisar is hiding. He's a Dunedain ranger up, you know, looking out over the Shire and stuff like that. Um, so, so reign of Gondor passes on to the stewardship. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. That could be like, a, you know, in Tolkien's universe and in, in his writings, it I wouldn't put it past it that he could be having mm. like Faramir certainly wasn't around for the destruction of, of course, right? Because we're talking thousands, like of, two and a half thousand years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. And so one of the reasons, but but like Aragorn is a direct descendant from them, mm. um, and right, that's one of the reasons. Yep. W- well, that's one of the reasons why, like, the Numenorians, part of them being given um, the, the island of Numenor from the elves, is part of that gift is also unnaturally long life for humans, right? right? Numenorians live live much longer than, than regular men. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why Aragorn is 210 years old when he finally dies as king. Um, you know... So that is that is because of his Numenorean lineage. 
but yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to make a note right now because I do want to look into that and, right. and it, it's quite possible. I'm intrigued. A O N dream. <laughs> Numenor? Question mark. Okay, cool. Um, we get a we get a bunch of cool things in this episode. Um, a bunch of plot furtherings, some theories confirmed. I will say. Um, first of all, we get to see we get our first look at the Palantiri or the Palentia. Yes, yes. Which is which is fun and it is, is very fun. you know a, a, is a, is another good connecting tissue for the casual Tolkien fan. Yes. Um, so that's good. Um, my theory that what the dwarves are hiding. Do you remember what my theory was, I sir? I do, but that you called it. And, and and what did I say it was? You said it was me. Sorry, Mithril. Yes. And and what did it turn out to be, sir? It turned out to be Euthril. Yeah. So I was close. <laughs> I was close. No, it is in fact Mithril. Um, and so that's exciting mm-hmm. i think um oh, and that's fair. kind of a fun yeah. that's kind of a fun thing um one other sort of like tolkienism thing is in tolkien's writings in his world in middle earth oaths if you make an oath mm-hmm. it holds a lot of power like an oath isn't just a promise an oath has sort of like mm. oh. not magical properties but like hmm. It, it it's it an oath is not easily broken hmm. hence the the oath breakers um the undead army the undead king oh right yeah. in in the lord of the rings the ones that didn't that that chickened out and didn't go fight in the war of the last <laughs> alliance yes right and isildur curses them um, because mm-hmm. they broke their oath to come fight, um, mm-hmm. and so when when uh, Durin looks at Elrond and says, "You know, put your hand on the rock, and and I need your oath, right? If you break this oath, if you talk to anyone about this, it will be bad fortune not only for you but your kin and your, your descendants and all this stuff." He's that's that is what's on the line. Like, that's not just him being a bit of a melodramatic dick. Uh, it is, that is, it's a serious, it's it's serious business, this oath. <laughs> yeah, obvious, it seems. Yeah. Uh, we get our first look at Adar. Yes. The, the leader of the orcs. Yeah. Yes, for some reason in my, yeah. in my notes, I, I, I it autocorrected to Orondor, and I, I, yeah, I'm on the same page. No, I, yeah. What did you think of him? I, I, I have got no. There is no. Um, I, I'll start by saying there's no literacy background for this guy. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, he didn't pop up, and I went, oh, this is so and so, the fallen elf or the yeah. dark elf, Adar, blah blah blah. Sure. Um, I'm. I think he's menacing. Yes. I think he's mysterious. He's yeah. creepy as hell. Yeah. Um, and I'm 
I don't know. I I feel like that introduction did everything for me that it, that they intended for it to do. I'm quite curious to see where this villain goes and if we can get a little bit of backstory who he is um obviously he's an elf um but is he like yeah he seems he's kind of like you know he's he's kind of like what's her face the second sister or something from the obi-wan kenobi series oh yeah where she's on the bad guy's side but also wants to be like isn't doesn't seem like he is interested in like his long his his long game his end game is not to take orders mm-hmm. is not to be a subsidiary of Sauron right mm-hmm. he is he seems to like he's talking about mm-hmm. like I'm not a god yet mm-hmm. right he is seeking immense power and right. and through that it i don't know it seems quite dangerous but yeah i'm really excited about adar what about you i hmm i think with adar i was a little disappointed and visually when we saw his shadow and his silhouette at the end of episode three as it as the episode cut and kind of left us on a hanger i visually had something quite different pictured for him and it just what we saw didn't meet my expectations and that disappointed me i wanted something different so we saw adar and he had some fair components to him but he was quite menacing and quite like rigid and like his clothing and his appearance had like had some rugged elements to it and when i saw his silhouette in episode three and what i wanted him to be was a very fair and like um opposite to the orc like creature whether it be a fallen elf, but just one who still looked fair and not menacing. And there there was just something stylistically about that that I really wanted. Just this huge contrast to the orcs, where I feel like in almost most Middle Earth that we've seen in film, you know, it's like with like, you know, the leader of the orcs is just someone just as equally gross who has like one eye, a tumor, and like stitches across his face like i wanted something just stylistically right that was such a contrast that was um like in horror movies when they use something that's a normal object but it's scary because of the context in this circumstance because someone was so fair it was kind of weird and out of place and therefore like menacing and i think it would have been kind of in line and i say this lightly but you know it's not gospel but i still think it's a fun point when even in the fellowship of the ring when the the hobbits meet strider and they're 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 questioning among them amongst themselves should we trust strider and frodo says you know essentially yes because i think an enemy of the or or, sorry i think uh uh, agent of the enemy would appear more fair than this guy does so i feel like kind of like a uh a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of situation i just wanted adar to be like very elf like very um you know opposite in nature to orc so i think just that for some reason i i really built that up in my mind and i was just a bit disappointed sure i think I think actually a really great Middle Earth comparison would be um, in The Hobbit, even though like it, bigger picture, Thranduil and mm. uh, like the the yes. he's he's not evil, 
but he certainly is an antagonist as far as the Hobbit and the journey to reclaim Erebor mm, goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, so are all of the woodland elves in Mirkwood. Um, but they're still gorgeous creatures, right? So you have yes. this fair, beautiful elf who who is kind right. of a, a thorn in our side and a little menacing and yes. a little like, yep. you know, is, yep. yeah. So no, I, I, yeah. So am I hitting, hitting the nail on the head there? I think so. Yeah. Cause I, I don't have really any disappointment with him cause his on screen moments were fine and I really enjoyed them. It's more just, they didn't meet what I had built up in my mind and maybe a direction I would have preferred. Well, so you may still get that itch scratched. Um, if if we get to see, I assume we will get to see Sauron as the Lord of Gifts mm. um, when he approaches Celebrimbor. Um, and in that case, he should be quite beautiful and quite fair and quite, right. you know. That would be yeah. interesting. So, and I mean, that will be the ultimate because you'll know who this guy is and what he's <laughs> capable of and that right. he's like, right. you know, this big baddie Maiar, but that he's appearing as this, yeah, beautiful, generous creature. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, um, I almost cried during this episode. Really? When? Yeah. Yeah. The, the stuff, when, when the conversation, when, uh, Prince Durin approaches his father. Hmm. And says, you know, like, I'm sorry, and all this stuff, and and is expecting to be not outcast by his father, but sort of reprimanded. And, oh, yes. And King, and King Durin says, you know, he goes on this whole thing about the dwarfs believe that a king is is embowed with all of his, is the, the kings that have come past their failures and their successes and their dreams and, you know, whatever else. Um and, and he says, "But you don't, you don't have to wait for that or something. Like I am always with you through mm. success, through anger, through." And it's just like this beautiful, like mm. emotional tear jerking thing. And I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> like I'm, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. It, uh, it, it almost got me. But I'm guessing it didn't almost get you." I liked the qualities that you described. Like, I did like this emotional connection between this father-son character and the significance of it. I think just maybe the the show kind of dolled up or, or played into a bit more some tropes of misleading the audience. You know, they, they pan to the father who's almost essentially pouting on the throne and the son kind of whimpers in and then they kind of switch the narrative and kind of flip it upside down so that it is this emotional connection of the father saying you know essentially these other things don't matter more so i'm with you and these you know you and i matter kind of thing so i think i liked elements of it i just don't think i appreciated how kind of they got a little tropey or kind of misleading the audience a bit or at least that's how i perceived it (sighs) okay i'm sorry i am no, it's fine. <laughs> um, so Tolkien is historically very, you know, he was a a, a Christian, okay. um, and all throughout the Lord of the Rings, much like C.S. Lewis did, there's a, he uses a lot of like Christian mm. analogies and themes and stuff. And is did did you pick up on? I'm curious. I would say that there is a 
scene, there's a sequence in this this episode that is very reminiscent of the biblical story of the crucifixion. Hmm. No, I didn't pick up on that. So, it's, for me, it was when they first put Galadriel on the boat Hmm. and send her off. Okay. And then they bring her back, Hmm. right? And... And they're like, oh, okay, actually, I'm going to go with you and mm. and and we're going to bring an army and, you know, we're going to, all of a sudden, we're on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they do that is because as she's leaving, the all of the leaves start falling off of the tree, hmm. right? And it's talked about how it's believed that the the... When the leaves or the petals fall from the tree, it's because the the Valar are displeased with them and so on and so forth, right? Or that mm. they're doing wrong. Yep. And it it just reminded me of, of the biblical, the, the moment in the story of the crucifixion where, um, you know, they, cru- they crucify him and then like the ground shake or the, the sky darkens and the... And the ground like cracks and the curtains fall from the temple and stuff. Mm. And, and it's just like, you know, the Jews kind of have this, oh shit moment. Right. And to me, it was just the, you know, to me, it was just so similar is that Galadriel is sailing away on this boat and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, they have, Muriel has this like, oh, (laughs) oh shit. (laughs) Okay, bring her back. Bring her back. <laughs> kind of moment. Yeah, almost like so the boat's... So, to me, I gotta... Almost like the boat's tied to a string and they start pulling it back, like, at that exact second. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, I just got a big kick out of that. Yeah, interesting. I did not pick up on that at all, but I definitely see the similarities that you point out. Cool. Uh, those are all the notes I have. Do you have anything else? That's about it. I This is the one that I had the least notes as well. I will say... Just in summary, uh, you know, if I had to summarize this episode, it would be the sound of a deflating balloon sound. I, as much as I thought I would like an episode without the Hobbits, which I didn't miss them by any means, I just felt this episode of, compared to the heights that we had in episode two and episode three, I felt like this episode really kind of had a tempo issue um, and as far as answering questions or moving things along, I suppose, um, there were great moments. There were great scenes. And again, as every episode of this this show has, there's amazing visual moments of sunrises and, and pan shots and different things. But I just feel like of the information that was dropped in episode two and information that was dropped in episode three, I just feel like the train kind of stalled a bit and it just kind of felt like maybe more of a filler episode or at least less substantially moving things along. So, um, sure. Do you, do you find the episode short for you? Um, hit or miss. I mean, I thought, I think like it I just, know they're long. They're like an hour and change. I think it depends on my enjoyment because the episodes I haven't enjoyed as much. I thought, okay, that was a bit long. The episodes I enjoyed, I thought that was a great length. So, it's really dependent. Yeah. I, th- I think for me, it's just because when I sit, like when I sit down and start to get into something middle earth, mm. like a Tolkien thing, I think I'm just very quickly prepared for three hours. Oh yeah. Fair. 
right? Yeah. This is going to be a long journey. This is going to be this. And so for me, it's like, ah, and okay, now I got to wait another week. Right. And I mean, I get it. That's, that's the way a show works. And, yep. and yep. the episodes are longer than they certainly could be and, and typically would be yep. if they were regular TV episodes. Exactly. But yeah, it just, each week when it ends, I'm like, no, give me more. Yeah. Like, keep going. That's fair. Tell me what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, like, the, the, between season one and season two, I'm going to be... Right? Yeah. Especially yeah. if it ends on a cliffhanger, I'm which having surely trouble, it will. I'm having trouble just getting, like, today we're recording the day before the next episode comes out, and it's already been a long enough week where I'm going, like, come on, guys, l- l- can you just drop this a bit sooner? Like, yeah, when the break yeah. between season one and season two occurs, it's just, uh Yeah. It's going to be tough. It will be tough. It's going to be tough. Win or fail for you, sir, this episode? I would say it's a fail. Yeah. I uh, just, uh, like I said, just really didn't move things along for me. And it had some moments that were enjoyable. And uh, I just generally, yeah, I'm not sure this was up there as far as like episode two and three were for me. Where Do you agree or where do you stand on it? Yeah, I think I would. I this is the first episode that I would say was a miss. Um, I mean, still some important things happen. Oh, of course, um, yeah. And and like you know, I'm I'm. I don't think you could skip this episode by any means. Um, no, but it just yeah, something something was missing. It didn't have quite the same pull and draw as as the previous three. Mm. So specifically, the second two, episode two and three, right. So cool. Wrap it up, sir. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and listening. Please like and follow and subscribe. Check out our Patreon page, merchandise page. Help us support the show and pay bills and keep the lights on. Winter's coming. So we will need to turn the furnace on and get a lump of coal here and there. So we uh, we do appreciate our Patreon supporters and are always open to new ones. And uh, we uh, look forward to next week where we review the next episode of Rings of Power. Um, yeah. 60 million is a lot of money, man. Like, that's a lot of It's moolah. so much. It's so like, much. And but I don't it looks mean beautiful. This is, so. I don't mean this is a critique because i like this show you know generally like i mean it's not perfect and we're ripping it apart just because we critique things and visually it's stunning but it's just wild like that's what 60 million dollars gets you and i don't mean that as a rip like it's just like 60 million dollars is a lot of money and like yes it's good but it's not like you've got yeah i don't know what i don't know what i'd want to see for 60 million bucks i guess I would be really curious to see what kind of new subscription numbers Amazon has seen as a result of this show. Well, that's what it's about, right? Because, I mean, Amazon is an umbrella, isn't hurting. I mean, newsflash, no one's surprised by that. But it's just a business venture. Yeah, it's like, okay, dollar for dollar, are you getting this back? You you just, you got to wonder, right? Yeah, because we'll, you'll certainly notice it if next season <laughs> the episode per episode budget is right. cut in half yes like yeah That's that will true. hurt yeah oh yeah. well all right all right well till next time 